everyone, and thanks so much for listening in. My name is Rebecca Gauthier. I'm here with one of our featured speakers for the Women's Wellness Conference Friday, February 10th through Sunday, February 12th at the Orange County Hilton in Costa Mesa, Tara Warner. Tara Warner is going to be addressing body image at the Women's Wellness on the Sunday. And just to let you know a little bit about who this extraordinary woman is, she's the founder of one of the world's largest online resources for raw food cleansing, detoxification, and health programs for women. She's published many books on the raw food diet, including Monkey Mike's Uncooked Book for Kids, Well-Rounded, The Ultimate Guide to a Healthy Raw Food Pregnancy, The Healthy Lunchbox, Nutrition Meals Your Kids Won't Trade for a Lollipop, and many more. Fed up with the conventional weight loss models where calorie counts and dress size are the only measure of success, Tara created Body Enlightenment, the world's healthiest weight loss and lifestyle system, and is the founder and creator of the new Body Enlightenment website, at www.bodyenlightenment.com. It's a beautiful website. I love it. Having overcome a long-term struggle with body image and disorder, Tara knows that the key to restoring women's healthy relationship with food and body image starts with nutrient-dense foods. Tara helps women throw away their scales and adopt a healthy lifestyle where slow and steady change brings vibrant health, improved energy, and self-confidence. Through her online WISH Summit, the Women's International Summit for Health, Tara has collaborated with luminaries like Dr. Maya Angelou, Byron Katie, Neil Donald Walsh, Dr. Dean Ornish, Marianne Williamson, Dr. Bernie Siegel, and of course, the host of the Women's Wellness Conference, David Avocado Wolf. Tara, welcome and thanks so much for taking the time to speak to me. Oh, Rebecca, it's such a total pleasure and honor to be here. I feel so privileged to be a part of this event. Are you looking forward to it? Yes, and some of my dearest friends are going to be on the same stage, so it feels almost like a gigantic pajama party. (laughs) (laughs) Which, by the way, Tara has invited people to a pajama party where she'll have, I believe, chocolate (laughs) dipped raspberry, so take her up on that if you're coming to the conference. (laughs) That's awesome. I didn't know you knew, but that's great. (laughs) (laughs) I read it in your newsletter. I always read your newsletter. She's got a great newsletter. Lots of great tips and resources. So, uh, you know, if, you, if you're not on her list and receiving that, you really should be because it's just a pure delight to receive. Yeah, thank so you. Let's dive right into it. Tara, why do women have and put so much attention on the way they look and evaluate themselves based on that? Well, there's about $58 billion to be made on women if they do. So a lot of it has to do with design. And I know for such a long time, I would just kind of walk around inside my own head and really wondered if it was just me, if, you know, the degree to which I had my attention on the size of my body and how often I would compare myself with other women, I wondered if there was just sort of a problem with me. And then I started to do a lot more investigation into marketing and media. And the average woman receives 3,000 images per day from media telling her how to look, how to walk, how she should smell, how frizzy her hair should be. And so much of these images are actually really even compartmentalized. Like the next time you go and look through a glamour mag, you'll notice that sometimes they're just featuring legs or they're just featuring bellies. And this sort of chopping up of bits and pieces really has us putting a lot more attention on our bits and pieces than who we are. And... And I guess another thing is that really, you know, we kind of grow up 
and I still hear it all the time in interviews, people talk about our five senses. So, you know, touch, taste, smell, sight, and hearing. And no one ever kind of cues into feelings or intuition or the way, you know, gravity feels when you're sitting in a chair. We've been really compartmentalized in how we were educated, and the messages that we receive from media are impacting us tremendously. So those are those are some of the big factors at play. Um, but the good news is that we can rewire the circuitry, and we can we can sort of reconnect with the truth uh, that's sort of underneath the 3,000 messages per day. Mm-hmm. So how do you feel these these messages from the media? and so forth, are impacting women? Like, what limiting beliefs are we creating about ourselves that simply don't serve? And how wh- how, and why are we buying into it in the first place? Well, one of the things that's happening because, I mean, we buy into it because we choose to buy into it. At some point, there's a decision that's made to fall into agreement with what's put there. And I know you and I have talked about, you know, some of the negative comments we heard growing up. I had one you had one, most of the women we know sort of received some just not cool comments about the size of our bodies or how we looked. And there's an underlying agreement on our part to stick ourselves to that information because since that time, we've received a lot of compliments about how great we are, how well we speak or good things we do, and we don't stick ourselves to those as easily. So fundamentally, we have some responsibility to play for the fact that we that we align ourselves with this, that we stick ourselves to these ideas. But what it's doing, the fact that we have so much attention on the size of our bodies, is it means we're spending more time thinking about the size of our thighs than we are thinking about the depth of our love. And we spend more time looking into mirrors than looking into the eyes of other people in elevators. And it's such a classic example being in an elevator. You know, you sit there and like watch the numbers go down. We don't just look at people in the eyes. We don't connect with the who because we're so focused on the what. And I think, you know, my friend Rebecca actually just this morning, different Rebecca, <laughs> told me a great story. She is not a woman. She's not a supermodel. She's curvaceous and delicious in all kinds of places. And um, this morning she was telling me a story because I have her little guy with me, and the last couple of days I've been watching him, so she could have a couple nights off. And she was just taking herself for this walk in the street and feeling so good, feeling so much space, and feeling just so happy inside her own skin. And she said, in the span of just this short walk that she took, six different men stopped to tell her how beautiful she was. And this is kind of yeah, and that's exactly what we're trying to get back to because he, I was actually was at the longevity VIP dinner, so last November-ish, and sitting at that dinner, there was a movie producer, Steve Race, who'd been invited, and he was sitting beside me, and I was talking to him about the Body Enlightenment program that you mentioned at the beginning of this call, and he said, I'm so glad that you're doing this because he said women need to know that their body image and confidence has been marketed to them. They need to know that millions of dollars are being spent to architect insecurity, and they need to know this. I like that phrase, architect insecurity. That's very, very powerful, and I think one of the things that you're going to be addressing at Women's Wellness Conference is how to take 
ourselves from that place of disempowerment and put ourselves into a place of empowerment and really own who we are, what we look like, and feel really good. So connecting with that confidence, looking at who we really are, not who someone's saying we are or should be or should look like. And a lot of that is going to be addressed during the course of the weekend. So when you talk about sticking ourselves to these negative comments, with that particular phrase, could you explain a little bit more about exactly what that entails? So what I mean when I say we stick ourselves to negative comments, it's and it's funny because I've done so much work on this now, I really don't think of myself as my thighs or my nose or my eyes or my body. So I don't actually take my physical body and stick it to an idea. But my ideas, I and, and I guess the best term that I can use is I fall into agreement with something. We see this in nutrition so much. When people first encounter the raw food diet or they first encounter, you know, this nutrient-dense path to wellness, then we almost have to deconstruct all the things that we've been fed about protein or calcium or fatty acids or this kind of information that we picked up along the way. And the truth when you get down to it is we don't even necessarily realize where we picked it up. It's not that most of us have any formal study in nutrition, but somebody came along and told us we should eat meat for protein or we picked it up from the school nurse or, you know, we, we, at all times in our lives we are encountering data, information that people pass along to us. Sometimes it's their opinion, sometimes it's, you know, this new super whatever thing that's going to have an effect on us. And we just kind of choose to fall into agreement with it. We adopt it as our own idea and then start to operate as if it were ours. And it's a good thing to do when that serves us. But sometimes we don't check in with ourselves to find out, well, is that really true for me? And so when we come into the path of raw foods and healthy living, we see, oh, well, I've been fed actually a lot of information about protein or calcium or whatever it was, and it's not totally true. And when it comes to body image, when it comes to information that has been passed on to us, then, you know, we don't really have science to back us up and say, hey, that's not true. It takes courage. but It takes, you know, we don't get bulletproof vests. We don't get any kind of special protection. It goes into the most vulnerable parts of ourselves. And we have to have the courage to say, well, no, actually, I love my thighs. Thank you very much. <laughs> it takes such tremendous strength not to fall into agreement with invalidating thoughts about who we are or how we look. And um, so that's kind of what I mean by sticking ourselves to negative ideas. Now that we've taken a look at what the problem is and some of the underlying mm-hmm. causes of it, what, in your experience, are some action steps that women can take immediately to start experiencing positive changes in the way they feel and relate to their own body. If a stranger walked up to you and they were scruffy and slovenly and half drunk and told you you were too fat or unattractive, you'd think that he was crazy. And you would just kind of disregard that comment and keep walking. But at some point in time, a lot of us did receive these kinds of comments and chose to stick ourselves to it. So one of the first things that we need to do is actually, and it would be nice to kind of point fingers at the media and point fingers at the whatever, the jerk in the schoolyard who told us whatever he told us. But we have to come back to that point of responsibility because that's where change can happen. As long as we understand what point of control we have in the equation, then we have the power to do everything. So the first thing that I really love women to do 
and it's a tough one, <laughs> is means to turn the finger on ourselves and ask, where are we being critical or judgmental? And you could maybe chalk it up to karma, but find that place in your life where you may be being critical. Maybe it is just of yourself or if it is other people, but find that little place and clean it up and just like get your little karmic broom to clean that space out so that you're not receiving that kind of stuff and so that you're not sticking yourself to that anymore because that's one of the reasons that it could happen. In terms of just practical things that you can actually do to make a huge difference on the way that you feel is get outside. And it's, there's a reason. It's, I mean, it's so, we all know this. If you walk through a mall or if you walk through a park, the expressions on people are completely different. And one of the things to understand is going back to these 3,000 messages that are coming in at you per day, they're all coming in. But when you put yourself in nature, your attention starts to move out. You're directing yourself out. And, you know, I, I don't know how else to say it except there's actually a question of where energy flows. And you, you feel good when you're not in your head. That's a really nice place to be. So getting yourself into nature, touching trees, it gets, that's where you need to be. That's one of the very first most important things. So getting outside is one of the very first things to do. There are two more that I want to put on the table. And one is to lose the, lose the scale. Because when we, that's just like throw it away. Just go. Because when you start to quantify the value of who you are with a number, you just, that's just a downward spiral. It will never serve you to quantify yourself in any way. Just put that away. Go. Gone. Just don't, don't even give it to charity. Just bury it somewhere. <laughs> I don't believe in scales. I think they're awful. Um, and I did a test on myself because I've not had a scale for years and years and years. And just one day, I was entertaining a friend who wanted to do some kind of a body challenge. And she said, you know, take your measurements and get on a scale and see where you're at. And that whole entire day, I noticed how much more I was comparing myself to every other woman in the street. And I just threw it away. I threw it away because it was really, I noticed the difference that it made. You know, I have to say, I really agree with you. I think that's very powerful. I, I can say for myself on days when I weigh myself and for whatever reason perhaps I'm a couple of pounds heavier than I thought mm-hmm. I was or think I should be I definitely it determines how I dress how I feel and it's so interesting how we give our power over to a number on the scale and I, I think that's yeah. very very true I think there's work that needs to be done in order for us if we do have a scale and we don't want to get rid of it to be able to use it in an empowering way rather than disempowering us which I think for a lot of women it does and then of course we can always bury it in the ground for your suggestion well if you want to use it you know in helpful ways weigh how many green vegetables you're eating in a week or weigh how much chia seeds you have in your cupboard but please don't weigh yourself because even on those days when you do feel good you feel great. Actually, you wake up and you're like, man, I feel great. And then you go step on the scale and you realize, oh, my gosh, I actually have two pounds more than I did yesterday. Then you just go straight downhill. And that that's, that's a circuit. That's a circuit that needs to be broken and that puts us immediately in our heads and immediately out of life. And we need to get back into life. So, ladies, you heard it here. Tara is suggesting that turn your bathroom scale into a food scale. Yeah. Women, when they are introverted and busy in validating themselves, they pull themselves back from life. We pull ourselves back from life. When we feel crappy about the little pudge 
that hangs over our belt, we're not contributing much to the world around us. And one of the ways to break this pattern is to find a bigger game that you can be a part of. Now, we can't all go and take ourselves to Sierra Leone or Kenya, but find something. Go read about a woman like Somali Mam or the work of Eve Ensler. Go and spend time around people who cannot afford the luxury of worrying about the size of their thighs or the width of their hips. And something will change inside of you and you will realize that there is a much, much bigger game to play than skirt size competitions. We have things like human rights and health and degenerative diseases to overcome. And we can put our attention on something much bigger than ourselves. And you know, it's really, if you imagine how that you were just actively, passionately engaged in saving the life of another human being, and someone came along and said, you know, you have a really fat butt. You would just, life is going on here, and I'm totally invested in it. And so I really feel that one of the things that we need to do is to understand the cost of our being stuck in a body obsession is much, much greater than we think. It's not just us. Life so desperately needs women <laughs> participating and contributing their light and their love and all that they have to give. And when, there's, when we're stuck in our heads, we can't do that. Think locally about ourselves so that we can perform on a global level and really contribute to others. Very, very powerful. And I believe this is why you probably created your website. Having been through a struggle yourself, you could contribute to others and help them, uh, your site, Body Enlightenment. Do you want to tell us a little bit about why you put this resource together and what you hope to empower women to accomplish? Yeah. It's almost like a covert operation, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't say that to everybody, but it's kind of designed to get women like me um, who've had a lot of attention on their bodies. It's kind of positioning itself as a, as a healthy version of Jenny Craig. But by design, what it is trying to do is have women reinvest in themselves. And the actual name, Body Enlightenment, is an acronym, which is B. And the thing we're trying to do, you know, I came really close to losing my life once upon a time. And what I can tell you, at least according to my experience and observation, is that at the end of your days, it's not your butt size that flashes before your eyes, and it's not the slab under your arms or your cellulite or varicose veins. It's really all the things you didn't say but could have to the people you love, and it's the eyes and the lives of those that you could have touched. And I really, you know, the, the reason that it's here is because I'm so committed to getting women out of their head and back into the game of living because I feel like there's a lot that we can do in life to raise the bar around here. And if anyone is going to do it, the women can. Part of the seed for how to design this program um, came from a day that I was sitting actually in my children's school lunchroom. That was before I pulled them from school. <laughs> they, they're homeschooled now. But I was in the school lunchroom. There were all these women sitting around the table, and they were fairly large women talking about their points on the weight loss program. I don't know if it's Weight Watchers or Jenny Craig, but I was watching them talk about their points, and they were all eating, you know, like low-fat yogurt and zero-calorie soda pop and really missed the boat. This standard weight loss, the conventional weight loss model, has so much attention on the size of skirts that they're not actually teaching health or well-being or confidence. They're just kind of 
congratulating you when you fit into a size six or when you have a smaller body. So again, the reward is for having a small body, not being healthy. And you can still get diabetes and die of terminal diseases in a skinny body. So the model of what we're trying to create here is sustainable, not just for the health and well-being of our bodies, but for the environment as well. And it's built on a five-pillar model because having studied the habits of women who struggle with body issues and with their weight, then they, they have there are a few things in common. And one of the things that we know is that when we feel like crap, when we don't feel good in our skin, we often don't take good care of ourselves. We don't make an extra effort to beautify ourselves. We're super happy in sweatpants and unbrushed hair. And so if and then and then the other thing is we don't really take great care of our space. We let the counters stay dirty and we let the sink fill and we let the bills pile. And our attitude generally towards ourselves isn't really great either. So if I was just like, okay, everybody already knows about the food fitness. And if we could go at it with these other angles, if we could just um, get this woman to prioritize a little bit of self-care. So let's, you, um, Nadine, who is a very dear friend of mine and will be at the conference too, she and I work together and we really encourage women to start with some of Nadine's products because for all the reasons that you already know and probably have shared with your listeners, yes, they are the best. It's the only thing that I will put on my body or my children's body. It's all natural. She uses the best essential oils. It's handmade and crafted so you know you're getting uh, the best ingredients on the planet because Nadine would Mm -hmm. not compromise when it comes to quality, and that's all I will ever use. Any woman who starts to just dip a finger into, like, think of something like jasmine or something like rose. There are 60 roses in every drop of rose oil. Now, I don't know the last time you got a bouquet of 60 roses, <laughs> but this is how this is how I try to think of it for myself. And, and so when I take the time to take a bath or shampoo my hair or anoint myself with some gorgeous floral perfume, then it really is this just delightful and I don't even know the right word offering, exquisite offering to myself. And that's and, and any woman who does that will immediately start to shift. Her whole biochemistry will start to change and she will start to feel better. And so we take that angle. We just say, listen, we don't even want to talk about what you eat or how much you weigh or how many times you run around the block. Just dip yourself in this bath smell this little, put a little bit of jasmine under your nose and talk to me in 15 minutes. Like, honestly, you can start there and you can totally create a paradigm shift. And we can do it with clutter too. We can have her because women who come and they want to do a program or a cleanse or they want to improve their diet, but they keep the Nutella and the corn chips and the corn pops in the cupboard, it, it doesn't, it doesn't work. So we take them and we say, listen, before we even start, let's just get the junk out of your trunk. Like, let's just move this stuff. And everyone knows this idea of like the weight on your shoulders. Well, it really does just lift when you start to take stuff, clutter out of your space. You start to feel lighter emotionally. And that is the precursor to making the physical just kind of follow along. We can actually take our attention off of our bodies and put it on self-care and put it on creating an environment we feel good on in and our bodies will just kind of catch up and figure it all out when we make good choices like that. It's a great resource. I recommend everyone to check it out. And it teaches you how to be healthy, be fit, be positive, be clean, and be beauty. 
www.bodyenlightenment.me. So check it out. Let's talk about the Women's Wellness Conference. You're going to be doing a presentation where you discuss body image and you're going to completely rewire the body image of over 500 women in about a half an hour. I'm so excited. I had myself and my whole team in tears the other day just planning it out because at first I thought, you know, how can I do this in 30 minutes? How can I completely change a woman's body image? And then I realized, you know, in an instant, she stuck herself to an idea and spent 10 years after, sometimes a lifetime after, self-sabotaging because of it. So I'm going to, I'm going to clear the slate and I'm going to put something new there. And she is going to stick herself to it. And we're going to have an amazing time. It's, I mean, I'm so, so, so excited for all the women who will be there. But it's going to be something that you have to kind of be there to experience. And it will be a very effective and powerful and exciting exercise. I'm so, so, so looking forward to it. Great. So, ladies, if you haven't gotten your ticket to the live event, make sure you do so so you can take part in this exercise, which is going to completely rewire how you relate to yourself and your body. So I'd like to end with asking you, you know, you're a very powerful woman. You've got so much going on, like most women who are burning the candle at both ends. These days, a modern woman has so many responsibilities and commitments. Many have families, like you do. Many are working full-time, like you do. Many are traveling extensively. How do you take care of yourself so that you can stay mentally, physically healthy and have balance in your life? Do you have any tips for the ladies out there based on your own personal experience? I have a smile creasing itself all the way to the back of my head just listening to you, you know, (laughs) because I totally felt like crap earlier today. (laughs) Just to be honest, I'm a single mom, and I decided to start homeschooling my kids, and I'm self-employed. So sometimes the number of things that are on my plate, like I totally understand every woman in overwhelm, and I can feel it move in on me often and the things that lift me up are the exact things we've been talking about one of them is obviously self-care so um just such as sometimes i'll just a squirt of perfume just a flower just you know a breath of a flower under my nose can change everything for me and i because i have so much on my plate i really do need to find bliss in quick moments sometimes and another one that we talked about here was going outside i stick myself into a snowbank or a pile of dirt or a forest or a lake or anywhere that I can just smother myself with nature, I will do that. And then the third thing that I do, which is actually just the thing that sent the crease across my face, is that I hook up with other powerful women like you and like every woman listening to this call and like every woman who is going to be joining us at the conference. And I realize that I am not alone, and I just celebrate the sisterhood of powerful women, and even just sharing this time with you has been such a gift, and I think we can all relate to that, to just kind of tapping into the power of sisterhood, if we can call it that, without feeling too cliched and esoteric. That, for me, is just such a powerful tool. We as women, and also men as well, are so disconnected from the earth itself. So I I think it's so powerful when you say, you know, you go out and you try to connect with nature, which really is Mother Earth, uh, taking another step further and also connecting with women 
and I believe in sisterhood and all of us working together. Something really interesting, you know, I've been preparing for this conference as the MC for several months now, just observing, talking to a lot of women, sharing ideas, getting their feedback and their input about mm-hmm. concerns that we'll be addressing at the conference. And, and I love what you're saying, that you reach out to women and rely upon them. Many women I'm finding don't have a strong supportive network like you do and like myself, and I can't imagine dealing with the tremendous amount of problems and difficulties that we as women have on our plates now because we're such multitaskers without having other women to be able to support us. And historically, women, you know, we've always relied upon another, but it seems like in this modern world, uh, there's some women out there that don't have that support. Do you have any thoughts on that? Well, of course, it's, the, it's exactly what we've been talking about. It's because we've compartmentalized ourselves. We've, we sit there looking at what she's wearing instead of who she is. And this exercise, I'm so glad you asked that because I can't, I can't bust the punchline. But in this exercise that we're going to do at the Women's Wellness Conference, it's going to bust that barrier so hard. And that's exactly what it is. It's like we have to understand that we are in the same boat. And anything you do or think to cut another woman down cuts you down so fast you can't even think. Like, we have to come together. We have to be a support to any woman and and not just, like, running to go get whatever at 3 o'clock in the morning. I'm not talking about, like, self-sacrifice, but in the space that we're willing to hold for each other and in the space that we choose to hold about ourselves, we can shift things around because... Yeah, the the battlefield of bitchiness has no place in where we're going. Tara, thank you so much for taking the time to speak to me and to inform our listeners about what you're going to be talking about at the Women's Wellness Conference, give them some insights that they can utilize right now to make an impact and significant change on what's going on in their minds with respect towards their bodies. So thank you very much for your time, and we'll see you at the Women's Wellness Conference Friday, February 10th through Sunday, February 12th at the Orange County Hilton in Costa Mesa, California. Tara is going to be giving a talk on the Sunday in the early afternoon, and she'll also be hanging out in the Fountain Terrace Exhibitor Room. Please feel free to approach her, ask her anything you like. She's there as a valuable resource for you, so please take advantage. She's in Canada. She'll be in California for a limited time, so come get to know her and let's have the best weekend ever. Yay!